listening to the Apollo Podcast Network. Yeah, and it wasn't even like those wines. They're, they're not the wines. It's not like Boone's Farm or like uh, Barefoot or whatever, where it's like you drink you drink like three glasses of it, and the next day you're just your head is on fire. It's like you feel okay after it, but it's just like after a certain point of when you're in your late twenties, eating and drinking, and just I just had heartburn today, man. I just was like, <laughs> I just was like, oh. <laughs> it finally got up to me. I was in the shower just a little while ago, and I was just like, oh. <laughs> just, "You're not cut out for that life anymore, bro." Not anymore, man. Uh, pass you by. Bro, <laughs> after your wedding, I've been tired this entire fucking week. I <laughs> worst decision of my life driving back home from Waco at like one a.m. That well, that, that's <laughs> on you. That was on you. That Why wasn't would good. you do that? Didn't have a place to stay. <laughs> didn't make a friend so, yeah so. normally uh normally i would like offer you our home but not that night no thank you yeah no i ill. <laughs> yeah so uh so we uh so yeah dex was out there stomping a hole on the dance floor and like meeting my entire family and stuff and then he was like oh i'm just gonna go we then we went out to the bars after the wedding which i was exhausted i don't know why we did that but it was fun and <laughs> i don't know why and, i did that and then he just is like, oh, I'm going home. I was like, what? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mistakes were made. Dip, you got a dip. Yeah, I guess Mistakes so. Were made. Yeah. Crimes might have been committed, but that's that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> All right. On that note, welcome to the One Take Podcast episode, what, 87? 86? We're going to get... Something. Yeah, sure. We've been doing this a long time. Doing this a long time. Dune episode. We were joined by Hussein Simons. Um you yeah. th- thoroughly enjoyed this movie. The same. Welcome on to the podcast, man. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for inviting me. You know, I'm 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 going to enjoy this. Yeah, somebody uh, has to defend Dune from the slander that I. <laughs> <laughs> You're probably going to be fighting for your life on some of that. I think we all enjoyed it, but like, th- there's definite holes that I'm about to poke in this movie of people that have like, people are calling it like a masterpiece. Mm. And, and I'm I, like, bitch, where? <laughs> they compared this film to Star Wars, all right? Once I saw that, I said, I better not see any mistakes in this film. And they shouldn't have compared it to Star Wars. Let's just say that. Well, look, Star Wars has tons of... The original Star Wars has tons of, like, campiness and mistakes in it, too. And, and to be fair, Star Wars was inspired by this book anyway. So... <laughs> take what you will from that and i think it people have called it unadaptable yada 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 so let's let's get right into what we we're gonna break this down as well as we know how because uh this is convoluted um even the movie is convoluted dune came out just a couple of weeks ago now uh 2021 movie this was delayed this hit delayed hell this was supposed to be out when like December last year. December of 20 of 2020? Jesus. Yeah. And so it yeah, it's been done for, it's been in the can for a while. Denny Villeneuve really pushed back 
Uh, the director really pushed back on it going to HBO Max. Uh, you have to see it in the theater. Yeah, I kind Which, of agree. But I mean, it makes sense now because he didn't have a sequel greenlit. He needed that money. Yeah, he needed that money. He needed people to be like, please. Uh, that's we're, that. We're that's about a trilogy. We're talking about a trilogy now too. That's how. It was. See, mm-hmm. I'm just putting that out there. Mm-hmm. They're gonna oh, need it because. Good Lord. Yeah. Um, there's like six books. They're going to do three movies on the first book. Um, is a feature adaptation of Frank Hebert's science fiction novel, uh, Herbert rather, fr- science fiction novel about the son of a noble family entrusted with the protection of the most valuable asset and most vital elements in the galaxy, uh, Spice. Dire- written directed by uh, Denny Villeneuve, of course. Uh, Eric, he, of course, directed it. It, it, it. He's been all over this on press tours saying go see my movie um and you should john uh spates also has a screenplay credit as so does eric roth it stars uh that ghost child timothy chalamet we're gonna have to have the conversation with timothy chalamet because royden is not sold man royden slandering and i might be hive i might be hive after this performance i'm not gonna lie rebecca ferguson uh who you know from a couple of Mission Impossibles now. Zendaya for five minutes. Uh, <laughs> that's not really a spoiler, just by the way. We will, spoiler alert, we will spoil this. But it, it it's not really a spoiler. She, Yeah, she's in like all the promotional material. Five minutes of this movie. Um, the idea of Zendaya is in this movie. <laughs> the whisper of Zendaya is in this movie. Um Oscar God Isaac. It, I said Zendaya again. It's Zendaya. I do this yeah. every time. I, every fucking time. Uh, Oscar Isaac, Jason Momoa as... No, not you, Siri. Uh, Jason Momoa as a, just a character named Duncan Idaho. <laughs> yeah. That is a thing. Amazing name. Uh, Stellan Skargard as the grossest person on the planet. Uh, and then, let's see here. Josh Brolin, Javier Bardem, Statcast, Dave Batista in kind of an underrated role. He just kind of is there. They don't give him a lot to do. So, yeah, it's stat cast, several Oscar winners, Oscar nominees, and Zendaya got paid the third most money to be on set for like three days. Absolute queen. <laughs> this movie. It's a bag. That paper. Yeah. Absolute queen. This movie was a blockbuster. It, it, it cost $165 million to make, which I'm surprised, you know, it didn't cost more given the talent that's in it it's it's gross 223 million worldwide it it was denny villeneuve's best opening uh weekend surpassing blade runner which didn't make any money by the way it, it, i think it lost money blade runner did or maybe it was close to losing money as an 83 percent on uh, rotten tomatoes 91 percent audience score dune occasionally struggles with its unwieldy source material but those issues are largely overshadowed by the scope and ambition of this visually thrilling adaptation Hussein, go ahead, give it a review, uh, give it a letter grade, A plus to F minus if you want to. All right. Um, listen, when, when we're talking about, are you laughing already, bro? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're, just, you're just like, listen. With a listen, <laughs> listen uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give it an A okay. for, for several reasons. One. We're talking about a director that knows how to translate emotion on screen. I think people go to movies in order to feel something. And 
you can definitely get a sense of not only the main character, Paul, Timothy Chalamet, and what his struggle is, but also the relationships around him. And for a movie that's set in the stage for an entire universe, I think it does that well. Not only is it a beautiful film, but it's one that crosses several levels of meaning simultaneously. The relationship between Paul and his family, Paul and his mother and father, the Harkonnens and the uh, the Atreides, oh. the Atreides as well, the Emperor, even though it's not really seen, right? His emissaries come across. I think all of the storylines are woven together in a way that that functionally makes sense. But of course, we're talking about a film that's being adapted from a book that people are saying it's impossible to adapt, but it was done. And I think I'm not the only person that has received the, the film well. Of course, we're talking about my favorite director, mm. someone who made Arrival, Blade Runner, who people thought you couldn't make a sequel to that movie, but he did, right? And not only that, but Prisoner and his entire sort of, uh, catalog is consistent in being able to translate emotion on screen for us to connect to. Uh, you know, we might, you might have some issues with the film, right? You might have some questions, right? Who, but who can completely adapt a book fully into two hours, two hours and, uh, and 30 minutes or whatever, right? Well, they tried in 1984 and failed miserably. <laughs> Why do people say that this film was unadaptable? I, I, I don't know much about the, so, the so book. Why I'm do hearing, people say that? What I'm hearing is, is like the way that the book is written, a lot of the, a lot of the story actually happens within each character's head, like the thought process. Oh. And so in order for, like when we're watching movies, there's only certain like uh, director, directorial choices you can make in order to translate that. Either you actually go into the character's head and you have them speak to themselves in an internal dialogue, or you just do it emotively through their interactions with other characters on screen, facial expressions, X, Y, Z. And I think the choice that the director made in this film is probably the the better choice, the less awkward choice, especially in a sci-fi film where you're trying to establish relationships more so than like one character's internal sense of self and direction and questioning. I think all of that comes across in how Paul is in relationships with his family and, and the team around him. There's also, I mean, somebody tweeted a Dex. There's like a Rolodex or like an index at the end of the book of like names and places and things and all this world building that goes on within this book mm -hmm. and how dense it is. And I don't think it's that long of a book. It's not like Gone with the Wind or anything like that. But like, I think it's like 400 something pages. It's yeah, but they're, they're, they said they have to set up they have to set up a space messiah and the voice and not the show, but like the, the thing is, yeah. yeah. And they have to set up the voice and like why these families hate each other and what, who runs what and what spice it. Like, it's just a lot. 
you know, to do. And obviously they were able to do with like Lord of the Rings and stuff like that. But yeah, that makes more sense that if it's like all these inner dialogues and struggles and stuff written on the page, like I can see where that would be like, all right, how am I going to write this thing for people to understand it? Because yeah, not a whole lot actually happens in this movie when you like really didn't think about it. Yeah, but I think I think most of that is because they're setting up the rest of the world so that so that it connects properly. And I think, you know, if you give too much in the first film, then how do you build on that in the same direction that you want to in in the same arc that you want to as well, right? Like if you're thinking about any first act in any play or, or anything like that, if you give too much of the story, then it's hard to to one up that as you go along to reach a crescendo. And that's I think where he's trying to get to, right? If you give if you give all of the exposition, if you give all of the, the story up in the first part, of, and he was hoping this whole time that it was gonna be two parts. I think part of that was a bit of a marketing tactic as well. See the movie so that we can we can have enough uh huge swing by that guy because his last movie tanked really and it was a huge it was more expensive than this movie too and it was just equally as ambitious with like blockbuster expectations and studios don't like when you when (laughs) when you're just when you lose tons of cash is i mean talking about blade runner yeah blade runner tanked and it was a movie that you're supposed to supposed to have all these oscar nominations and and be Which this huge the- follow-up to a, a cult classic and maybe that's just how people thought about blade runner anyway like you know what i mean like it, it is a cult classic for a reason but it, you know brian gosling we're bringing harrison ford back not to talk about this other than the movie but the movie didn't do well and so then you have this pandemic and you have denny villeneuve out and you're like please god go see my movie so <laughs> i can finish this and i don't look like an idiot it's kind of what it comes off as because they put dune part one in the bottom of the when you enter in the theater. Yeah, I didn't know this was a part one until I literally sat down in the movie theater and I was like, oh, so I already know it, that we're going to do another movie and we're already going to be here for three hours. And now I know, oh, this is not going to be the complete story. I couldn't believe that that was something I didn't know going into the movie. I was kind of pissed low key when that part one popped up. I was like, no, y'all been talking about this movie for a year and a half and nobody bothered to mention it. <laughs> well there were hints at it but i always thought it would be like oh we will he'll adapt because like i said there's like six seven books that herbert wrote um and then his sons also or his son also like wrote a book like mm-hmm. in this universe and stuff too so there's a lot of material there and i thought oh well maybe it'll be a, like another book or something like they did with lord of the rings you know what i mean because then they start apparently later on in the series like it starts getting wa- even more wild so yeah. it, it but then w- if you know that it makes sense that villanov's like let me just focus on in on this one book um but they tried the they tried the trilogy thing with the hobbit and then that didn't make much sense because equally it's a lot of walking and nothing a lot of a lot of nothing happens but for him to make this work anyway, I'm going to go off on a rant here in a little bit. Uh, saying is, uh, anything else you want to add to your review? I think the, the best part of the film is how, how they were able to, to connect the, the, the way that the Fremen revere 
their their own sort of um, relationship with the spice and their expectation for who Paul is supposed to be. And I'm forgetting the exact house of, you know, like the space witches, people call them. The, I forget what they're, what they're called, the people who have- Bene Gesserit. The Bene Gesserit, right. They, if, I mean- I miss that shit. <laughs> space witches is not my term, but it's yeah. what I say. Sorry, sorry about that. I'm not trying to offend anybody. Please don't count them. This is uh, not my term. <laughs> The Wiccans but, of Twitter are coming for us. But it's, essentially, they laid the groundwork for this sort of messianic, messianic talk when Paul enters uh, uh, the, you know, Paul enters the scene. And so they're playing on the, this expectation that this Messiah is going to come, but also the director gave the, them sort of a reverence and um, like a humanity as well. They weren't just like savage people like the Harkonnen wanted or expected or talked about them. When Duncan got there and was able to meet them and talk with them and live with them, he was able to explain their culture. Like, I think that translating that and also that scene where the, where the guy is uh, watering the palm trees and comparing it to like how important the water is mm -hmm. and, and how, you know, this, these 20 trees are worth a hundred lives. I think all of that sets a, a the, the groundwork for like the type of relationship that Paul wants to have with them, which, um, you know, moving forward throughout the universe, I think is like a great way to, to develop that relationship. Like, uh, he's not, he's not like the, a conquering type. He's not like, he doesn't come across as like this white savior type of dude. Like he didn't, he didn't really even want to be there to control stuff. Like he just wanted to learn. Um, and I think, that's that's a really important part of how people can connect with this character. It's just somebody that wants to learn and explore, um, rather than you know. I mean, it's, it's a little bit like Luke, in the sense Luke Skywalker, yeah. who's who's really you know like doesn't know anything about the Force, like just wants to be able to learn from Yoda, etc. But and Paul is in that same way where like he doesn't know how to use the voice. He's just learning from his mom. Is trying, uh, but he doesn't have an arrogance about him. I think that you know that humility aspect of not wanting to be the leader of, his, of a house of Trades, not wanting to step into his dad's foot uh, um, shoes and footsteps. You know, I think all of that sets him up in a in a good way moving forward. You know, what fucked me up was that Oscar Isaac is old enough to be Timothy Chalamet's dad in this. That's a very I, handsome for real. Well, it's just, like I didn't like obviously like Timothy Chalamet. I think Timothy Chalamet is my age. I think he's like 27. Mm. But like Oscar Isaac, you're used to him playing like the younger dude. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> and now all of a sudden it's just like, this is my dad. And you're like, what? <laughs> Leader. Yeah. Timothy Leader Chalamet is 25 and Oscar Isaac is 42. That could work. Meh. Yeah. I mean, you start early in space, right? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> all right, Tej, uh, go ahead, man. So I'm going to give this movie a B. I can appreciate the degree of difficulty of adapting something like this on the screen. But if I'm, I didn't watch the, I didn't read the books. I didn't watch the 1984 film. So I went in 
pretty blind and my expectations were extremely high because by the way sorry to interrupt i don't think you have to to watch this movie i think it'd be funny to go back and watch the 1984 movie because of how historically like uh it looks now compared to this film but (laughs) yeah i don't think you 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 don't have to watch that movie i went in pretty blind my expectations were sky high because i also love this director and i think directorially the decisions you made were pretty sound my issues weren't really with the director as much as they were with the screenplay Uh, it looked beautiful i I enjoyed it enough definitely in for part two but for that first hour i literally had no idea what was going on right it was like okay i'm putting it together i'm piecing it together i kind of understood the relationship between the fremen and the house of trades and I understood that this person was having dreams about a person who was a Fremen. But when the whole Emperor storyline was spooling out, it made no sense to me whatsoever. I did not understand the Emperor's plan. I did not understand why Oscar Isaac, who looked beautiful in this film and had an amazing beard. Incredible. And, some, and if somebody with a beard, I don't know why Oscar Isaac would fall for some of the stuff he was falling for. <laughs> I thought the beard would give him power to say, this doesn't sound right. He obviously appreciated the danger in which he was putting his family and his house in by making this trip to go accept this gift from the emperor. But it felt like he just was like wholly unaware of how ugly it was going to get once he got there. And then he got there and then they just started picking people off one by one. It was just like, well, yeah, this is pretty predictable to see coming. If you knew that there was danger, you knew the emperor was a bad dude. People afterwards explained to me that the emperor could not have just went and attacked House Atreides like where they lived because then the other houses would rise up against the emperor and he's not strong enough to fight them all at once, which makes perfect sense. I did not get that from the film at all. I did not understand why we were bringing them into the desert as opposed to just attacking them. I think they said it when the space witch went and met with, uh, when met with the Harkonnens to talk about like, don't kill Paul and uh, Jessica. Oh, okay. Well, I own that. I missed so, that. No, no. Like, if it, that's the thing about this, if you miss it, you're done because it's just like, because it's just like, ah, uh, what? <laughs> like, why? I saw this movie twice. It's not my term. Uh, I think it was. Um, I'm trying to throw someone under the bus right now. So, <laughs> hey, we're like gonna take Space Witch and Space Jesus. Like, we're just gonna keep. <laughs> we're gonna run with it. Yeah. We're like just gonna run with that. Space Neo. Okay. Uh, this this was it was beautiful. Obviously, I feel like I was sold a false bill of goods because I really came for uh, Zendaya. I, that's who I really came for. And then it was like, oh, she's not really gonna be in this film. But I will say the one thing I was really scared about was the Chalamet performance because I I'm not really a fan of any of his previous work. Um, and I thought he crushed it. I thought he was great. Yeah. And so I'm with Dex. I, I'm on the hive. There was stuff he was doing with his, not the voice, like the, the supernatural voice, but like his voice and the way he was delivering some of the lines. I was just like, no, I think this guy, I think this guy has something. I, I, I'm mm-hmm. in watching this performance. So that was really good because without that, it was really just Oscar Isaac being awesome in the movie looking beautiful, but there wasn't much else in terms of performances that really drew me in. What do you think but about really, Rebecca Ferguson? I didn't I didn't necessarily like her character that much. That's the mom, right? Jessica, yeah. She did a lot with her eyes in terms of um, emoting, but I thought it was way over the top. Her emoting was way over the top. I kind of preferred the Oscar Isaac kind of stoic, I have a cool beard. She was in a different movie. Kind of guy. She was in a different movie, bro. It was frustrating me so much. Y'all she are just, tripping. She was, he was in a horror film. I felt like she was best making performance horror film movie. faces. No, no, she, she was, was in a different performance. In she movie. was in a different movie, man. She was making horror film faces like Michael Myers was around the corner. 
if you if you knew what the Bene Gesserit could do, then you'd be scared too, bro. Yeah, but I don't. She's, so it's just like her screaming. Person. She's the only person who's like an actual character in this movie. Everyone else is just like exist. Are I'm you trying t- to say Duck in Idaho was not a fully fleshed, fully fleshed <laughs> character. I like Duck in Idaho. I'm not gonna lie. I like I, him uh, too, but he like he do anything. He just showed up and like cracked the joke and killed some guys, and then he was out. Yeah, badass. <laughs> I also think that the last act is kind of a letdown, and I understand when you're having when you're it's part one of a two part or three part story that maybe part one is not going to end in the most like climactic way. But I needed something. I needed at least to have them have the conversation of, hey, I've seen you in my dreams. I found it weird that when he meets this woman, we don't even have that conversation in this film of, hey, I've seen you in my dreams and we might have been kissing and we might have been necking. Like, what the hell is up with that? (laughs) It was just it it felt so anticlimactic to end it in that way. And if you compare it to other epics that are long, like the Lord of the Rings or the Harry Potters or even Star Wars, you still have to tell a complete story in the first movie. You don't have to tell the complete story in the movie but you have to tell a complete story. And it was Agreed. really weird to just end it, like, to be continued. Like, we're going to have a new episode next week. Like, this shit's not coming out for another two years. Like, how Three years. Like they this? haven't even started filming it. So um, I was... It you felt didn't like, appreciate the end of this two and a half hour movie just being like, this is only the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't that wasn't for you. Hey, people can ride worms. That's dope. Uh, bye. So I went with I went with a B. I enjoyed it enough. I would recommend it. I, I I did enjoy my second watch a little bit more, mostly because I had more of a concept of what was happening. But I I'm waiting. I think part two is going to be some extreme heat. I cannot say that this was extreme heat. I gave it a B. Well, he already said as much that it's supposed to be even more cinematic, more cinematic from Denny <laughs> that's Villeneuve. What, that's what everybody says. Every artist who's ever dropped an album said, "Hey guys, I know you liked my last album." This is even better than that album. Like it's that that stuff means nothing to me. It's literal garbage quotes that you say to people. Uh, yeah, in but, fairness, but, I think more he's happens. Not, he's not a liar though. He's not a liar. Like when I is mean, Drake, not, when is Drake told me Certified film. Lover Boy was his best album. He looked me in my face and told me that. Knowing it damn well it wasn't true. It it is true though. We don't oh, have to god. do this now. Oh my god. I just want one director or actor to just be like, you know what? The sequel, it sucks. Like, let's be real. <laughs> We just needed some money. <laughs> Y'all are going to go see it anyway. Like, but we, we just had to make it. Well, it's there's nice. a, there's a chance with this though. Like, like in empire strikes back way more happens than what happens in, uh, uh, a new hope. Like if you go That's back and true. watch a new hope, not a lot happens, but a new hope is perfect. It, there's a big difference here. A new hope is like, Oh my God, Luke Skywalker. I want to root for this kid. I don't fucking want to root for Paul. What? What? Why do I want to root for Paul. this guy? Paul. It's fucking Paul. I can't believe his name is just Paul. <laughs> I put that. Uh, I put that on Twitter. It's just like he's the one. He's the savior. And then it's just fucking Paul. <laughs> <laughs> like a dude you work with, Paul. <laughs> a dude you work with. Yeah, it's fucking just Paul. I mean, I guess like Luke Skywalker, but like Skywalker. I mean, a tradie. I don't know, but it's just like everyone's named something cool, and then it's just like Duncan. Paul and Jessica. Get what? <laughs> yeah, fucking Paul and Jessica like have the universe in their hands basically. Like okay, whatever. Um no, you did you did mention uh how it ends kind of like they have this big fight. He kills a guy and they're just like, "Come on, come to my home." Um 
but, yeah, he's gang, blood in, blood out. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> but it's uh it it ends like where is where is like return or not return of the king, fellowship of the ring ends where they have this big battle and and you're left with the hobbits being carried off by the by the Urukai and all this yes and and they're chasing after them it's like if you're comparing this to lord of the rings which is maybe unfair because that's one of the best trilogies of all time but like if you're comparing it to that it really does leave more to be desired for like a cliff even a cliffhanger because it's kind of just like it's kind of just like okay it feels like you hit I'm gonna let it slide story. that you said uh, Lord of the Rings is one of the best trilogies of all time. I'm gonna let it slide. Wait, what? No, I mean, He's right. I mean, We're not gonna slide the Lord of the Rings on this podcast. That's not going to Excuse me? Excuse I'm me? I'm gonna let that slide. I'm gonna let that slide. What? <laughs> okay, we're, we're gonna not letting that slide. My brothers, my brothers, we do not watch white supremacist films. <laughs> and oh my. <laughs> uh, wow. In a film where the ogres are placeholders for black people, my brothers. Oh, oh no. Oh, oh my no, God, we no, got no. Dr. Umar on the podcast. This, not, <laughs> this is not happening. We're going to have to get that take at the end of the, there one take got, at the end of the podcast. They literal Nazis in the films, the elves, my Do you not see us? <laughs> oh my this. God. Uh, okay. Well, um, Mo- moving on. We're uh, just going to let that slide. But yeah, the end of this third movie. Eye. Open your third eye, folks. <laughs> The end of this movie, it feels like like Sauron. Open that eye. The end of this movie feels like you're at a like you just want a video game level, and like the next screen is loading. Like it doesn't feel like anything right. like just happened. It's like okay, I gotta wait on a loading screen. Like they, they could have made the ending so much more impactful. I feel All like. right, let's think about it like this. Let's think about it like this. Who enjoyed the end of Infinity War? I like it. Was yeah, amazing. yeah. <laughs> Me? No, no, no. I'm not talking about. Okay, now we enjoy the end of Infinity War. I'm talking about you're in the movie theater and you're watching Infinity War and you're like, yeah, no, that was great. I, I don't yeah, think you're satisfied. I don't think you're it satisfied, was, but something happens. Like, no, right. I think Infinity War by itself as a standalone film is the height of Marvel. So mm-hmm. I, I guess I'm the wrong person to ask about this, but I fucking loved it. And I knew I, there was going to be a cliffhanger. And I didn't care because so much stuff happened in the third act that I felt like I, I I watched a whole story that was going to be continued later, but I watched a whole story arc. I did not feel that way with Dune. I feel like I watched the beginning of a story. I did not feel like I saw a whole arc. I don't feel like this character changed over the course of the film. I feel like you it know, just moved locations. It feels like I read the first five chapters of a book. <laughs> yes, yeah. exactly. Um, but to, I mean, I'm kind of with Tej like Infinity. I like Infinity War more than Endgame, so like I'm probably the wrong person to ask ask this. But mm-hmm. it, with that, something happens. You know what I mean? Like where are we go? They, they just basically tell you, stick around. We'll be right back. <laughs> this is only the beginning. Yeah. <laughs> and if and if that didn't happen, if Warner Brothers was like, fuck you, which the the uh, the the studio head of Warner Brothers was basically up until like the last like second until this started making money was like, I don't know, maybe if you've seen the we'll film. See. Yeah. If you see, they said that if you've seen the film, I guess, you know, what happens, which is basically, he never said, yeah, we're going to green lit a thing. So if Denny Villeneuve took that swing and it missed, that's the biggest swing and a miss that I've ever seen on film. Like you just can't like, obviously he made a great film. Like, don't get me wrong, but mm. the, 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 
balls on that guy to just be like, this is how this one's going to end. They're going to think this is some heat. Yeah, I wouldn't <laughs> saw it on opening night. So, like, we hadn't had a sequel greenlit yet. And so that part one pops up in the opening credits. I'm like, man, what the fuck? And then we get to the end of the movie and it ends that way. And I'm like, well, I mean, it just feels incomplete. Like, I don't, I don't know how continue I continue this into your, yeah, getting a continue yeah, this into I'm, your review. Yeah. It's like, I don't know how we, how to feel about this because we just don't have the rest of the story yet. Like, we see, don't know. See, this is the, this is the issue with, with Netflix and Amazon Prime now dropping mm. whole seasons all at once. That's fair. See, but I don't even need that. Like, we're less they, patient. Had I known going in, like, okay, this is part one. There's going to be more to the story. It's a huge story or whatever. Because, like I said, I didn't read the book. I, don't, I didn't give a fuck about the source material. Like, I didn't know kind of the scope and scale of the story or whatever. I just knew Doom was coming out. And, you know, a bunch of stars were going to be in it. It was going to be a big movie. It was some Oscar buzz. I had to go see it, right? So, like, I, I don't know shit about the story. I, or you know, I, can, I can even I can even understand and empathize and commiserate with, with the... With, with that state of mind, right? Because like, I watch I watch TV series by waiting. Like for Game of Thrones, I wouldn't watch until the entire season, the season and then I'm gonna watch it, right? I'm gonna binge that. I think that's been affecting our media consumption. See, but for I me, if they would have been like, the of the movie. if they would have told me going in that it was part one and like set that expectation for me i would have been more would have been i feel like i'm I'm with dex on that i feel like it was i knew going into harry potter part one that it was harry potter part one i knew that i did not think otherwise i with dune i thought i was watching a whole story and i was just like oh this is the first chapter of a story okay cool 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 we're definitely the dumb ones here like everybody like probably (laughs) knew that it was going to be like we're definitely that and people are just going to be like like yeah no i mean it's (laughs) fine like we don't read it's fine but like we were definitely the dumb ones here going into it but just the fact of like i'm I'm agreeing with dex where if you put that part one on and you're just like wait i didn't even hear that they were going to make a part two yet and they hadn't they just yeah, announced they it on like Wednesday. That they were gonna do that. Yeah. So it's like, like a Wednesday. Gotten... They, Timothy Chalamet tweeted like, "Guess what?" And you're just like, <laughs> <laughs> "So yeah, we could have got to the end of this movie, and then that would have just been it." Yeah, if it didn't do well enough at the box office, like, so I don't know. But anyway, I yeah. I really enjoyed this movie, but I feel like I could have enjoyed it more. Like, if you're I see a lot of people who are like, oh, this is just so different. And, you know, it's a masterpiece. And Denny Villeneuve pulled off this, like, unprecedented, like, scope and scale of magic and wizardry and religion and slavery and politics and whatever. And I'm like, okay, it's not that good. Like, it is it is really good. But until we see, like, the rest of this, it's hard to just really say, like, oh, this is incredible. This is a masterpiece. This is amazing or whatever. Because all of that stuff that this movie kind of touches on, like the religion and the politics and, you know, slavery and all that stuff, this movie itself doesn't like actually say much about those things. It just kind of introduces them, which is cool. And like, I appreciate that. But that's not really like in and of itself, like creative or masterful or whatever. Like, that's just life, like politics and religion and slavery, like all just exist that's not like a new idea that Denny Villeneuve brought us or whatever yeah so at I'm the not, end of the day this is a standalone movie right yeah you know? it's a, like if you're not gonna like say anything about 
like all of that stuff, then I can't just be like, oh, this is just like this incredible masterwork that we've never seen before because we have seen all that stuff before. But I did, I did actually really like the movie, and I just judging on it a part one, I would probably give it like an A minus. Uh, I'm not quite as high as like some other people are because of all those things that I just said, but it is just fun for me to watch. I really like the performances. I like Rebecca Ferguson, or is that her name? Yeah, I, yeah, Rebecca Ferguson. I like Timothy Chalamet's performance. I know Royden disagrees, nope. but <laughs> I I thought this is the first time that I've seen Timothy Chalamet and be like, okay, I kind of get it now. I see like what other people same. Yeah, I see what other the people. King. Watch the King on Netflix. Okay, I'll I'll. Pick I thought he was. I thought he was fine in that movie in a in a just a boring movie. Yeah, I King? yeah. Oh, okay. He was he was in Little Women, and it was like anybody could have done this. Like we're not here for you, but you know, I'm, I finally kind of saw the vision, like what people were talking about with Timothy Chalamet. He's twenty five; he's got plenty of time. So you know, we'll see how how it goes from here. But I can finally see the vision. The only things that I didn't like were kind of like I mentioned people people around it kind of overrating it, and also it feels like they could have done more with each of the characters, like Oscar Isaac. They had Oscar Isaac out here looking like a little bitch. And apparently he's supposed to be like just this <laughs> master politician who's like like running the world and the emperor has to get him out of the pain or whatever because he's so powerful. But he just gets bitched like by every single person that he talks to. Like his baby mama, not even his wife, his baby mama's just using him like to mix bloodlines. Like she she doesn't give a fuck about this man. <laughs> I didn't even realize <laughs> until he said I should have married you that I was just like, wait, wait, what? Yeah, baby mama just here, like, hey, we just need the dick, like, drop some sperm off. Like, we're trying to we're trying to make the Messiah. Don't give a fuck about you. No marriage. Don't need that. We'll just, just come on. We're just breeding here. Let's go. Dr. Uwe, like, fucking owned this man. Like, Dr. Uwe cooked this man. The the emperor, obviously. On his home court. On his home court. On his home court. The uh, emperor cooked this man. The baron cooked this man. The judge of the change cooked this man. The the Fremen like leader guy, he cooked this man. Like Oscar Isaac is fucking trash in this movie. But we're told that, oh, he's like this really powerful political operator who's like building all this power secretly and the emperor's got to get him out of here. It's like you couldn't show me any of that. You could only show me him being a bitch. Like that's probably how it is in the book. You just pick up where Timothy Chalamet's life begins in this movie. So it's just like there's dozens of years of of rule and siege and everything else uh, i would have cut the last hour of this movie like it's like an hour after house of trades like falls or whatever like there's an extra hour of this movie i would have cut all that and i would have put Where they're just roaming the desert yeah i would have put that runtime into like actually exploring these characters and making some of these deaths matter because it's like duncan idaho he dies and we don't like he was cool but you don't really care that he died josh brolin dies he was cool. Does he? Don't really care. I mean, look like it to me. I don't think he's dead. <laughs> Folks out there getting cooked, but even if he's not dead, I, mean, I still don't <laughs> care. <laughs> did anyone so, find the film boring in spots? I know Hussein did not. I did. I, I, I was bored. Some, some, not the whole film, obviously, but it's that first slow. hour, I wasn't. Was, it was moving at a very slow pace, and I was. I was I wasn't bored by what was happening on screen because it was a visual. It was visually stunning to look at. I watched True. it on IMAX. Good. You should, if you can afford to go see Like if you can afford five more dollars to go see this at the movie, like go see it in IMAX. Like it's, it's, it's definitely late. 
I, I, I hate when people tell you you have to see it on the biggest screen possible. But yeah, kind of. Like to get the, have to see this on the big screen. Part. I, I think you really do. Like if you're watching this on your like iPad mini, like you're not getting yeah, the your, your 2014 MacBook Air is not going to give you <laughs> the full effect. No disrespect. This but, thing uh, might break your retina display. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah, it was a little slow getting there. Like people like people have mentioned there's a ton of lore and backstory and all that, which like that was fine. But like I said, I would have focused more on like building the actual characters that are on screen in the story trying to make the story more impactful because otherwise it just kind of feels like Timothy Chalamet is he's doing a good performance with like what they give him but he's just kind of just moving from place to place like Teach said and he gets to the end of the movie and they're like okay we're finally like we built up Timothy Chalamet I care about him now movie's over cool don't care about anybody else but the movie's done now so I guess I'll go home like I it could have been better but I did enjoy it in A minus that's a Really? I, think, I think for me, like, uh, I, I didn't, I didn't want to pull this card, but I, I studied film. Probably don't know. <laughs> so, so my, I, I got. It's a, a great, it's film. a great card to pull, to be honest. It really is a great card to pull. I got a BA in film, and uh, this is from a long time ago. So, like, the reason why I like this director so much is his choices and how he moves the story forward are a lot more considered for someone who's primarily working in the sci-fi realm. Like he hasn't done purely sci-fi movies for his entire career, but like three movies on the bounce has been sci-fi. And his talent is taking complicated ideas and using simple scenes to get that complicated idea across. And as an example, you know, when he's, when he's introducing like the experience of the voice, mm -hmm. like in the first scene in the film, you realize that it's, it's not a light skill, but he really drops you into it when the Bene Gesserit grandmother comes and forces him to put his hand in the box. But like when you're in watching the fucking it, <laughs> <laughs> when, you, when you're watching it in the theater, it feels like the voice is happening to you, not to to Paul. Yeah, that was a really cool effect. Sound design was incredible in this movie. Yeah, and technically brilliant. And it's like not many directors would would think of the psychology of that moment in order to drop the audience into that experience in that way. I think if you're, if you're thinking of other like sci-fi directors, they'd probably go more for the, the yeah, just ex the, the experience of like the entire scene itself overall, rather than pulling us into like, when you're, when the voice is happening to you, there's nothing you could do about it. Yeah. Like you get that from that scene and and then it builds on that but like for for this film that's just one example of it but like at the end let's say to, at the end of the movie right when Tej is expecting paul to talk with zendaya and be like hey yo you know we were, we've been kissing in my dreams <laughs> my dreams mean something right sure good? i don't know 
What's good, baby girl? Like <laughs> he's um, been telling all of, he's been telling all of his coworkers, you were in my dream last night. <laughs> right. But like he has the same respect for her people that his dad did. The same respect for her. And he kind of knows that this relationship that he's gonna build is so important that he doesn't want to mess it up. And that care comes across in the fewness of words that he has, rather than trying to explain everything after he's just met this girl and she's saying she thinks she's gonna she thinks that he's gonna die like that's the conversation hey you know like in my culture if you fuck up we're gonna kill you and i think you're gonna die right now hope you make it bro and he was <laughs> like all right bet good luck i love to your that man. honestly <laughs> good luck to your mans but i'm built different said timothy chalamet I, I just love her being like, hey, bro, you about to get cooked, but like, I mean, you might as well go out with a badass sword in your head. Like, I mean. And he was like, cool. <laughs> and he started messing with the guy, right? Partly because he knew that he was a better fighter, but also because he respected them so much that he didn't want to kill him. And he also I, I enjoyed the, anyone before. Yeah, I enjoyed the, the scene. I enjoyed that scene, actually. But that's just not where you should end the movie, I think. Right. Right. Um, I, I just to give a quick review. I know we've talked at length already about it. I think this movie was technically brilliant. I think, um, like I said, the sound design, I think the scale, there's not a lot of things you talk about, but when you do see this in IMAX, yeah, I think you kind of get a feel for like when the, they come and give him the decree on the Atreides planet and it's like all the priests and stuff and the guy steps out with the scroll and they just come down in this like big egg looking thing and then they step out and they're like this big and they step and i was like holy shit that was the moment i looked at kaylin and was like whoa like it's crazy looking the the sort of scope and scale of how they make everything how big everything is in this world um, I thought, I thought that when they were, when there were action scenes, I thought it was incredible. I thought the effect of the, the shield thing was, was phenomenal. Um, this is really yeah, shitty was, in the 1984 film. Isn't it like a box or whatever, like yeah. around them? Yeah. I was real nervous about that. Cause they like showed clips of it, like just on Twitter or whatever, like out of context before the movie. And I was like, that kind of looks really fucking stupid. But then watching the movie, I was like, Oh. This is lit. In context, it makes sense because everybody has it. Like, why wouldn't you have you're an important figure? Like, why wouldn't you have that technology? Yeah. You know what I mean? And so it was, it's kind of a weird cop out that like slow things get through it. You know what I mean? But like, but the effect of the dart going into his back and he can't get to it was like mm -hmm. the the action in this movie, when there was action, was great. And he filmed it incredible. And when the when the uh bombs are coming down on top of all of the Atreides ships from the Harkonnens. I was blown away by that. Yeah. I thought it was, I thought it was incredible to look at. Um, that was wild in D box seats, by the way. Yeah. You were saying, you were saying the D box uh, Cinemark seat that it was just like, it was like rumbling and stuff. It's crazy. Yeah, I felt like I was going to die. <laughs> the war scenes, yeah. That's why you love this. You were having a spiritual experience in this movie. <laughs> um, I thought, uh, I, I thought that, yeah, like them wandering. I know it's a part of the story, but I was able, like, when they first wander the desert and they're in the tent, like, and he's like experiencing like the spice and the voice. I was like, I just got up and went to the restroom. 
Like I was just <laughs> like, I didn't, you know, it didn't matter. Like I understand it's like for the character building, but I was sitting there going like, all right, some of this stuff, like even, even we can cut some of it, even though you're having three, two or three films, you know what I mean? Um, I liked uh, a few of the characters. I like Duncan Idaho. Sue me. I thought Jason Momoa was like the most charismatic one in this movie and it, in a movie that needed charisma. It really did. It was so self-serious. And I think Dove, Denny Villeneuve, like Duncan Idaho, if you don't know, becomes basically like the main character later on in like these books, apparently. Um, and Wait, so how? did he, he not gets, die? He gets, there's like rebirth in these movies. Like you can clone people. Oh shit. Jason Momoa's coming back. Uh, if they make like the, the second or I'm third in. book, he comes back. But it, I thought he like in a movie lacking charisma, it needed the yeah, the Jason Momoa character. <laughs> <laughs> it, needed, it, it needed him just doing that. And I thought I thought he was really good and and his physicality and stuff was well needed on screen, as opposed to like Josh Brolin, who's like also really self-serious and you know, sometimes funny with how serious he was. Isn't that funny? He's like fucking Thanos was like the third or fourth, like the fifth most important character on this. <laughs> yeah, Maybe Thanos six. is just your bodyguard. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's 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 crazy, and I and I don't think he's dead. Spoiler: I don't I don't think if you see him die, if you don't see people die on screen, I don't think they're dead, and uh, especially if they're that important. Uh, Rebecca Ferguson was, he was important. Yes, I think in the books he actually is important. Okay, but uh, uh, Rebecca Ferguson was in a completely different movie. Um, I can't believe this. <laughs> I feel the same way, man. I can't. Like she's, I understand, like she's a part of this whole different lore, but we don't know that. She's like the only character in this movie that has like anything to do, really. Like. I guess, but some of the stuff when she's like sitting out and she's so scared of like the witches and things like that, and you're just like, why? Because we need a, fucking witches. Like, we need a better explanation. Be we don't know. <laughs> it's her son, and she knows that her son might die. Like she just gave her son to judgment about. Yeah. She just gave her son to a witch with like an evil magic box that he has to put his hand in, and like. She can hear him screaming on the other side of the door. Of course, she's scared. Like, yeah. I thought the I thought the Scarsguard um, Harkening character, while creepy and stuff, was kind of like a character he's played in a few movies, actually. Yeah. Um, and I think Timothy Chalamet whispered his way through this entire movie. It wasn't a good performance. Oh, I think. God. I oh, think. God. I think Ooh. he mumbled and whispered his way through this entire movie, and. I was supposed to believe that he's a great fighter and warrior and he's just the ghost of a Victorian era British child. And it just, I couldn't, I could, I know that's fine. That's fine. You can boo me and all the, I'm going to get canceled on the internet because he definitely has people on Twitter. He's like BTS. He definitely has people on Twitter that'll like come for me, but like, I can't wait till they come for you. I they just should come for you. I don't think he was good. I don't think there was a, any depth or anything. They're like, he's important. Why? Like it just he's just like he's the My one man was going through it. You see no. the pain in his eyes? No. You see the pain in his voice? <laughs> I, I think I, I conflicted. I think there were some things that he was great, like as far as like expressing emotion, but like they like you said, like his eyes and his facial expressions were good, but like some of the ways like 
I don't want to use the voice. I think I'm just going to like go and like, I, what are we doing? And, and I was just like, speak up, man. Like, what are we like? What are we doing? It really felt like he whisper talked his way through this entire movie. And it was supposed to be like this, this deep character. And that was his version of like a deep character. And I'm just, nah, I'm not there. I'm not there. And I ended up caring about his character more at the end of the movie which we're talking about the end of the movie, like he just started talking louder to you. That's what no. you care more about. <laughs> no, I cared. I cared more about like the story as a whole. Like, what are we gonna do with this Messiah character? How does this voice thing work? You know, like what's are what are these dreams? Because he has a dream about the guy that he murders, like being his friend. Like, what is that about? I cared more about the story and the advancement of these characters more than I did about the characters themselves. That makes any sense. Not really, but like I just cared more about like where the story was going more than I cared about Paul Atreides, to be honest with you. I mean, because at the beginning of the movie, he's just like a kid, basically. It's basically it felt like watching The Lion King, where like <laughs> Simba is just goofing off, and then Mufasa's like, <laughs> you know, everything the light touches is our kingdom. We're going to Arrakis to oh, help. Quite literally, friend. everything <laughs> is Macbeth. That's really all it is. <laughs> yeah, everything comes back to Shakespeare. That's why they teach it in school, kids. But like, yeah, the first part of the movie, he's just some like goofy kid, and then he finds out about being the one, and he's like. All right, bet. <laughs> I can flex that a little bit. Yeah. Starts flexing on the people of Iraq. This is dope. No, I think uh, I think I'm more I'm more geared for a sequel than I thought I would be, but only because I want to see what Villeneuve can do with like more battle scenes and things like that. I want to see what he can do with more action and and the worm. Obviously, they set up like Paul Atreides is going to learn how to ride a worm. Like pause, but. Uh, <laughs> the <laughs> but yeah i think i think that you know also i thought like it was it was kind of like there was a big gap where they're wandering the desert and then they run from the sandworm and that was incredible looking but you had seen that in all of the promotional material if that would have just happened like obviously they want to get you in there but like if that had just yeah. happened i would have been like what the fuck because it was the scale of that also too like there's a shot where and they saw it in the promotional material where it's like just him on the rocks looking up at this big uh what looks like an asshole um looking at <laughs> and he's staring down the barrel of this thing and yeah it's just and it's then just it recognizes him what explain <laughs> it recognizes the one uh well did did it i did not pick up on that at all <laughs> i mean i thought the guy was like because we use the thumper thing i don't know i thought i just thought the set design sound design all of the technical marvels of this were it, it really was really great it's not like we hadn't seen anything like this before because we've been watching big movies for several decades now ever yeah so Literally our entire lives but it was great to look at i'm not taking that away it was incredible to look at um when the bombs are coming down and going through those shields i can't get over that but uh and i think this this will be right up there with like best cinematography Shots to the dragonfly airplanes. Shots. Yeah. Also, those, those are pretty so cool. Dope. Those are pretty cool. Yeah, and you know when he's spinning through the when they're they're running from the 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 
a Harkonnens. Oh, Batista. Yeah, they're running from the Harkonnens, and it's like in the they're in the middle of the storm and everything like that. That was awesome. Um, I just I just don't I just didn't care about Space Jesus to begin this movie. I care a little bit more about Space Jesus. He wasn't even Space Jesus yet. He yeah, he's not Space even Jesus until the like the middle of the movie. Yeah. And so, but also, and I, we've talked about it at length, but like when they, you go into the theater and they put part one in this movie, you're like, oh, I don't really have to give a shit about this one. Yeah. You're just like, oh, fuck. Like, cause you know, they're like, literally telling you, you don't have to give a fuck about this. Everybody movie. knew this movie was long as shit. Like a two and a half hour movie. True. I'm like, that, that's a long ass movie. And so, like, everybody had that expectation going in. And then you find out it's a part one and you're just like, well, what the fuck? Like, come on, man. See, this is, I'm going to put this up to your American impatience. These <laughs> that's fine. That yeah, might I be mean, fair. I'll be that. Like, that's cool. Everything well, but it's also, hour. it's also and like one, Star Wars in 19, yeah, well, in 1979 or whenever the Star Wars came out, like they didn't think he was making that, George Lucas was making that movie, not thinking that he would, that anybody, one, let alone watch it, but two, <laughs> it would be as popular as it was. And so they just made a film that kind of ended. And then like five years later, literally, they had Empire Strikes Back, where it's like, now it's like, if you announce a part one, like with Fellowship of the Ring, they were filming those movies back to back to back, regardless of how well they did. He filmed those movies literally one on top of the other. And they didn't stop for like four or five years until they were done. And so now it's just like you've announced that this is part one, but you had to take this bet that you would do well. Now you're leaving audiences like it, waiting impatiently. And that's, and that's that, yeah, that is impatience, but now you have to really sell on that part two. You have to really bring it. If you had to, that's unfair because you have to like now live up to an expectation that, oh, people are calling this one of the best sci-fi films of the last 20 years. And then all of a sudden now you have to sell on that fact in the part two. What do you all think if you had to handicap it? Let's assume part two is also released both in theaters and on HBO Max or whatever streaming platform. Would you think that part two does better than the first one? Or, I mean, commercially, or would you predict that there's a slight drop off? Because I'm wondering how many people are coming back to the theater to see that? Obviously, the four of us are going back, but is everybody going but back I, to the theater to see? That's Park? the thing. Three years late, three, four years later. I think not. I think people are going back for sure. It doesn't have a built-in yeah, thing. I, think I it, don't know. I think it does better, and I think it actually, if not Christmas next year, then spring 2023. Yeah, I think 2023 the was the date that they gave. Like I, I don't remember what the exact date was, but they did like. It's just so weird. They didn't film it all at once. That, that's that's so what I was thinking they should have done. It's probably con- I thought know, they contractual commitments. Actors got to do other films. Yeah, it, it wasn't a busy. COVID thing. It wasn't a COVID thing either, though. Because it's like I don't. Ju- I just think that the Warner Brothers studio is like, oh, just reel it in here, Denny. Like they were just like, we'll we'll say it's good to film a second one when, when we think so. Yeah, October twenty twenty three is the release date they have for it. So Jesus Christ, man! Yeah, uh, two years from now. But so I thought they, it would have been better had they done it like Kill Bill, where they shot just one long ass movie and then chopped it in half and put it out in theaters like separately. That would have been dope. But 
whatever, man. I I'll be back. I feel like more people will be back, especially because this is going to be on HBO Max for a long time. So like you have two years time for people to be able to go on HBO to rewatch Max, it, read the book if they want yeah. to. Are we Hear sure about it? Like that it's going to be just two movies, or is it is it going to be three movies? Do we know? Possibly three. Possibly. Yeah, three. Possibly three. Interesting. I don't know if I'm him, like far be it for me to tell this director, who's obviously <laughs> a genius to like, to like tell him what to do. You should only make two movies. Wrap it I up. Know. Like, yeah. Wrap it up. <laughs> but I think you could do it. Like you spent a lot of time doing, you spent a lot of time doing exposition, which I did want to point out the exposition in this film, while there was a lot of it, I liked how they did it. Um, where they like through the 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 book on tape or whatever <laughs> like it was basically like the wrote the 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 films whereas like the atreides are this and the harkonnens are this and the spice this is what spice does and where he's learning it as you're learning it i thought that was a really good filming choice too because you could have somebody just be like paul listen this is what spice is and <laughs> did y'all think it was weird so uh, the prophecy of these by the way that, i give it a b plus that's uh, like an 88 the prophecy says that the messiah figure whatever the name is of him will know the ways of the fremen without being a fremen and the way that he knows the ways of the fremen is just like by watching videos on youtube about the fremen like ed- educational <laughs> videos i no, thought that was no. super weird it, it, it was when he put on the suit yeah in the correct way she was um, the 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 master. I forget what her name was. Judge the, of the, uh, the emperor. Yeah, the, the the boots. And she was like, "Oh, how'd you know how to do your boots like that?" And he was just like, "Oh, it just made sense." That see, but that that made a lot more sense of. This I liked her just, character, by the way. That's a completely different point. I just she just that there. if the character inherently just knows the ways of the fremen, it feels more supernatural. But when you have literal videos or literal scenes of him sitting there listening to videos about the way of life of the fremen. I was just like, this isn't supernatural at all. He's just a nerd. Like he, he yeah, just knows those, these people's ways because he studied it. Those videos are like, you know, when 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 like the the board of education in Texas is talking about slavery, right? <laughs> yeah. True. Like, is is it facts? Really? <laughs> <laughs> it's like when you have to go to a job interview about sales and you never sold anything in your life, and you're just like, <laughs> hey, let me watch this video real quick. That video was like just someone from House of Trades who went to Arrakis one time and then just like my one summer of, in Atreides, my one yeah. summer in Barcelona. I I hung out with all the Fremen. You, like, you wouldn't believe it. They have down here. You you wouldn't understand it because you're you live on this planet that we live on. But <laughs> the Fremen, they have this like sand walk that they do. I can show you why. <laughs> <laughs> I can show you what <laughs> they literally like don't waste any water we're so wasteful here with our water that we have an abundance of yeah I love like just the Fremen just way of life like, and Duncan Idaho was a lot like t- like that too like he spent a summer <laughs> with the Fremen and came back and how was long like, oh. was he there that he <laughs> learned their entire ways <laughs> I appreciate Sorry, the moisture from, from your body <laughs> Duncan uh, Idaho, like, I cannot get over. I cannot get over the, the 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 Christ character is called Paul. I just can't do it. I can't. That also took me out of there. Like Paul, you're like what? Stop. 
Paul and Jessica just running the fucking universe. But yeah, I've, the movie is fun. It's good. I appreciated it. We've shed on it so much, but it is it is incredible to look at. Well, I'm definitely going to be back for part two. So obviously there was something that drew me in. If, if only I just... I would go back just to watch that movie again, just to experience it in theaters again. I'm probably going to just go see it again, just because it looks so cool. And it, it's just like, holy shit. It visually very pleasing. I just have to figure out the minutia of the plot so I can really figure out if this is a universe that I love or if this is just like a visual feast that I could have and not really care about. That was another yeah. thing. I didn't care about the universe. I feel like we still don't know anything about the universe to care about it. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, uh, that's fair. Like, it's just like I, I, I'll give you, I'll give you some of that. I'll give you some of that. Yeah, it's like, like they keep hyping up this emperor character, and obviously they build it up for him to come in, come like in the later, emperor, yeah, like yeah. the emperor in Star Wars, which is his base. You know, which Star Wars is based their whole thing on is this book, which we said at the beginning. But and so the emperor comes in in the second half, but they build this up to this, this whole thing, and you just don't know or see what that is you know what i or like under really understand the dynamics of of this yeah anyway like you get this reference like this whole universe and all these different houses or whatever you meet two houses kind of you only really understand one of them and then everybody in it dies immediately. <laughs> so it's like, okay. Like, yeah. Whereas like game of Thrones really had a, uh, a, an opportunity to build it up before all of how Stark died. They're just like, Hey, <laughs> the Atreides out of here. Yeah. The Atreides were done with that <laughs> off the map. The Fremen, there's a ton of them. You're going to meet like seven of them, but there's like millions of millions, them on this planet. Millions. Just trust us. There's millions out there. <laughs> And you meet Batista and his uncle, and that's it. <laughs> that's it. The, a lot of this movie, I've just you've just cracked the code. A lot of this movie is trust me, bro. <laughs> there's some big shit out here, man. Yeah. Like, listen, there's so much going on. Like, we have huge universe, giant lore. Oh my god, you're gonna hang out with Paul and his pregnant mama and seven Fremen people. Just trust us about everything else. <laughs> Who like looked at him weird when he was getting naked? I hated that. What was that about? Yeah, that was uncomfy. Was that like anybody notice that? Or did Caleb <laughs> and I just notice that? It was uh, uncomfy. Which part is that? Which part? They, he, they're changing after they escape the uh, tent or whatever mm. uh, with the flashlight. Um, <laughs> they they are they escape the tent and then they go and change into the suits that they have and like he's like taking off his shirt and stuff and she like looks at him real weird. It was very strange. I, I didn't like that. Yeah. <laughs> Kayla and I looked at each other like, what is this? Also, we got to talk about the Fremen because Duncan Idaho, who we saw put up fucking KD numbers in every battle that he was in. <laughs> he was like, oh, the Fremen, they're like fiercest, the fiercest warriors warrior I've ever seen. Oh, my God. They fight and like demons. We see two Fremen fight and they go over two against Paul and his pregnant mother. Like this, oh for two, like fucking cooked. Like what? What is happening here? I need someone to explain to me how. Yeah, the like Jessica, the like warriors. Jessica, like overtook the leader of the Fremen. Yeah, he, the, the leader of the Fremen walked up and treated Oscar Isaac like a bitch, and then Oscar Isaac's pregnant like girlfriend like, fucking cooks this man in a fight. I don't understand. Uh, well, one, uh, she's a space witch, and true. two, uh, Paul is 
the one. So like, yeah. is he going to take an L? Really? I, I mean, it, it could have been like at least a little closer. You know what I'm saying? It's fucking Alabama Notre Dame title yeah. game. Like, <laughs> no, I think I, I was really, I was kind of taken out of it just because of how fit, like, obviously they it's in the, in the script and stuff like Timothy Chalamet is supposed to look like a child. Like he's supposed to look like a young man. So, but like how skinny he is and everything is, but he's whooping these dudes ass. I'm like, what? That took <laughs> that for me, took me out of it. And maybe I'm the dumb movie boy because I'm used to like Chris Evans and shit and like <laughs> Thor on screen, like whooping ass, but just like skinny Timothy Chalamet has taken this dude to task. Like, hey, like what? you need to respect Chalamet. He was putting the beats on people and I appreciated the performance. Oh, you expect him, you respect him killing that black man in that desert? You had to get it back in blood, bro. You had to get it back in blood. Hey, bro, you came from my mama. I can only tolerate yeah, like, what, so much. What am I? What am I supposed to do? There's no PC once you come from my mama, bro. Everybody got to get it. <laughs> I just didn't. There was another thing with that too that I didn't understand. I didn't understand, and obviously they'll probably explain it later in 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 sequels. Is I didn't understand the visions and like how they worked because some of them ended up coming true within like how he saw Zendaya and, and uh, whatever her character's name is, but like how she, it, he saw her walking through the desert and stuff, but then it would like flashback to like things that obviously didn't happen with him or, you the know, the way maybe... that he killed the guy was different than the vision, right? I, yeah. Yeah. I the, it shows, it shows Timothy Chalamet dying, but then that's how he kills him. You know what I mean? So yeah. it just, that never was fully fleshed out to me. And I didn't get, I, I didn't get it. All the backstory we get on the visions is just the, the witch grandma being like, so do you dream things that like happen is like exactly like you dream them? And he goes, he not exactly. Yeah. He goes sometimes. <laughs> he literally says not exactly. And then we move on. Just never talk about it again, <laughs> which I, whatever, man, I guess like, all of this stuff can be fixed with a sequel, like all of our criticisms. Like maybe they just make the most badass sequel ever, and we're like, "Oh, this is a fucking amazing story." Right. Everything makes perfect sense. I see what Denny Villeneuve was like laying the groundwork for, perfect, phenomenal, amazing, or whatever. But I trust the process. I have mm. very little faith in the process. <laughs> I don't even think, to be honest, I don't think this is Denny Villeneuve's best film. Like I just. Well, I he think, made Sicario, so that's a really high I think, bar. I, I think feel like Sicario, it's impossible for for this to be his best film because he did. It's not even finished. Like we don't we yeah. don't know the rest of it. <laughs> it's not like, even finished. So, so in terms of his best film, it's clearly Arrival, and then Sicario, and then Blade Runner, <laughs> and then Prisoner. Is Blade Runner good? I've never seen it. I, it's what? fine. I've seen it's, the original. I still haven't seen the same. It's the same. It's the same as this to me, where it's like incredible to look at. I think there's some good performances within it, but it's also like mad boring at some points. No. Yes, absolutely. It's okay, one so, of those things. So, like I missed it uh, in the theater, and I was like, I can't. I can't watch this at home. Okay, I, I, I need to ask one question so I can understand the context here. What do you think about Arrival? I've only seen Arrival once. I thought I was blown away by it. I it's uh, great. I I think it's I think it's the most I've liked Amy Adams in a film since like Enchanted. But like, <laughs> um, it's the most I've liked Amy, Amy Adams in any film. So I I, I love Arrival. That's, that, yeah, that's I thought I thought it was good. I I think like I forget what happens at the end, like how they resolve everything. 
but uh, oh, they were like spelling an alphabet the entire time, or basically what that whatever that was. I yeah, I think it. I I think I think it's great. I I really need to go back and watch it and kind of see what he was getting at with that film. I think an underrated film that like literally no one watched was Enemy from Denny Villeneuve. Like literally no one watched that movie. Um, and then Prisoners is a tough hang if you ever if you've ever seen Prisoners. But which one is Prisoners? Uh, is that the that's the that one the, with Hugh Jackman? Uh, Hugh Jackman. Uh, where he he locks the mentally handicapped guy in the in the uh, Jamie Fox in that or, or no uh, no J- no Jake Gyllenhaal uh, Jake Gyllenhaal and Hugh Paul Jackman Dano and Hugh Jackman okay then, and, yeah that's not what I'm thinking of no I, a child gets kidnapped and the father goes on sort of this spree of trying to find out what happened who did it and it's a very dark movie darkest one of the darkest movies that those theater it, it got so i think it might be his most successful film outside of maybe arrival but like it got it got tons of hype and it was the theater was packed for that movie and then everybody was like oh shit this is not what we thought it was <laughs> like they did a switcheroo on us and everybody was like "Ooh, this is dark and then and like you ever been in a theater where with something that is like the source like is way more heavy than what people are prepared for. Yeah. Yeah. It's a weird feeling, a weird vibe in the theater. Um, yeah. So any more thoughts on, on, on Dune, obviously it's on HBO max same day. This, this made this broke good thing for movies though. I will say this. We were worried about the HBO max thing and, and rightfully so this may have made more money if HBO max wasn't a thing. I don't think mm-hmm. so. I think people got the gist of like, you got to go see this here. I think people are trying to get back to the movies slowly and steadily. Um, good thing for the HBO Max simultaneous release that this made money. I will say that as much as we've sort of gone back and forth on if it should have a sequel or whatever. Great thing for movies that this is actually making money. True. And I'm glad that everybody's back at the movies because... God, please don't kill movie theaters. Kill me first. Just, yeah, <laughs> please. 1,000%. Please. I, please. I am with you on that. Because I appreciate being able to watch, like, watch movies on HBO Max or whatever. It's cool. It was especially great during the pandemic because I didn't want to be next to y'all in movie theaters. But, you know, now that y'all I'm back Y'all are gross. Y'all be nasty. I, I'm I'm triple vaxxed up now, so I'm taking my chances. Yeah, I'm going so triple vaxxed, all right, all right. You live yeah. triple vax team, bro. Wow, so yeah, I'm good now. Say you I have money without saying you have money. What? I just appreciate being able to go to the movie theaters. I don't have to like watch on my broke boy TV, like the Game of Thrones directors pointed out, like where shit is too dark sometimes. Or whatever. hey, fix your TV, fam. Yeah, <laughs> it's on we, you, not us. We didn't. Yeah, we mess shot up. the shit perfectly. What are you talking about? Yeah, I'm lucky. I'm lucky they got ma- uh, vaccine mandates up here for movie theaters, so you, you got to show proof in order to get in. I had that at a concert this week, and I've never felt more safe. I'm not gonna <laughs> lie. It was like it was still packed, so like hey, whatever. But like I was just sitting there going like. Yeah, this is. I feel better than everybody. <laughs> I mean, NMGK concert. It, it feels like the kind of place where people would bring COVID if they had. Yeah. The, no, chance. I mean they did. We. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I. This is a really dope movie. You should go see it if you have the time or the money or whatever. Like, 
it, it's definitely worth watching. Don't let us shit on it for you. And if you if you like this movie and you think it's the greatest shit in the world or whatever, that's great. I disagree with you, but do your thing, fam. Probably it's right. nice to it's nice to love things. If you think <laughs> it's the greatest thing in the world. You know, you're probably close <laughs> to being right. Let me read off some uh some Twitter reviews from us. Um please somebody, read Derek. <laughs> uh somebody said second best uh big worm in cinema history. <laughs> that's an amazing tweet. Incredible tweet. Uh, let's see. And then we got, uh, okay, Derek Foltz, a longtime guest on this podcast, said, a new obsession of mine, the mixture of sci-fi and mysticism is something uh, we, we've seen before many times, but never really as interestingly as this. Denny Villeneuve is a master filmmaker. Timothy is uh, perfect for this role. I mean, the whole cast is amazing. Five stars. See? Chalamet Hive, we are here. We are Legion. It's time. Uh, Matthew Workman said, an excellent sci-fi film. The performances were great and Denny Villeneuve did a fantastic job. And this is my favorite. Connor, Connor, Connor Source Rex says, amazing movie. I understand why some people might think it's boring. I want Rebecca Ferguson to use that voice on me. Wait, (laughs) are people into Rebecca Ferguson? I am now. Oh. (laughs) Where's Dr. Umar? Dex, <laughs> Dex wants a con- Dex wants a concubine. I don't want Rebecca Ferguson using the voice on me. I'm sorry. I'm I, I'm, I'm good with Rebecca Ferguson in Mission Impossible movies. Like not good isn't like I don't want her to come back. I I'm just I want just just 18 Mission Impossible movies. That's all, that yeah. I she was also in that like weird Hugh Jackman dream movie that just happened this year that nobody saw. So, you know, I've been exposed to Rebecca Ferguson a lot the past few months, and I'm, I'm with it. I'm, I'm gang. She was the opera singer in that very false uh, P.T. Barnum movie. She kind of yeah. scared me in this Greatest film. Showman. I'm not going to lie. I was scared. She was scared. I was scared. Everybody was scared. That's the part that did it for me. She was scaring the hose. <laughs> <laughs> hey, stop whispering. You're scaring the hose. <laughs> Can we ask Hussein his movie hot take now? Because I know uh, he's about to do it. No, no, movie. we're about to do our draft here in like two seconds. We'll do the hot take at the end. Uh, all right, we're going to do our sci-fi movie draft right after this ad break from Apollo Houston. I have to pee so bad. All right. Do we have a draft order? All I know is I'm... I'm- I'm going to destroy everyone. My list is going to be impeccable. Ooh, I'm ready for this. All right, let's go Hussein, Dex, Royden, Tiege. No, wait. It, if if you are taking a franchise, do you take the whole franchise? No, you, you, get, one film, you get one film. Uh, y'all are in trouble how many, how many picks do we get? Y'all four. are in trouble. Y'all are in trouble. Just four? Yeah, we're yes. doing four. But you were gonna, you get two. You're, it's a, we do a snake draft. So one now and then... Uh, down the line so let's do hussein dex royden tiege so hussein dex royden tiege all right first pick hussein sci-fi film best sci-fi film draft <sighs> this is gonna hurt me but i'm taking alien no that's uh, yeah that's yeah. a solid number one overall <laughs> that's a great number one i'm just gonna put it out there that i want to take the matrix but because it's my my favorite but i can't i why not? I, I, you could. No, I'm taking Alien. I'm taking Alien. Okay. I I mean, yeah, it's she's 
Sigourney Weaver, just incredible. Still to this day, I, incredible performance. Yeah, the she's fact a great that the, that movie is like a is a legit like horror film from Ridley Scott, and then the 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 second movie by James Cameron, they just just give it to another director, and then you just made it like an action movie, and it's still good. Is incredible to me. And then the third, like third and fourth, we don't have to talk about, but like those first two, incredible. I haven't even, even seen the third and fourth one. I cinema aliens three was made by um who did uh who did flight club fincher fincher Fincher. made alien three in a tank all right so it's me now and i'm gonna take yeah i think i'm gonna go ahead and take the matrix because you passed (laughs) on it (laughs) but yeah i can picks I hadn't seen The Matrix until like 2019 for the 20th anniversary because I just, uh, excuse I, me? hey man, it is what it is. Mm. You know, I I don't be sitting around at home just like yeah, let me watch The Matrix today. You know, All having right. never seen it before. Welcome but to they the put it, they put it back in theaters for the 20th anniversary, so I went and saw that shit in Dolby. Fucking incredible to this day. Mm. <laughs> I was like, I, I get what everyone's been talking about now. This shit is actually dope. I haven't seen the second and third one. I probably won't see the third one. Might see the second one. And I'm going to go see the fourth one because, like, the first one's just that fucking dope. That trailer so, is awesome. I don't care what everyone says. Yeah. I, I hate that uh, fucking uh, shit. Why does his name escape me right now? Neil Patrick Harris? No. <laughs> it's fucking Keanu? the main guy. Yeah, Keanu Reeves. There we go. His name okay. is fucking escape me. How did you forget I hate, that? I don't know how I forgot his but i hate that he has the john wick hair still that like doesn't sit right with me but other than that very excited for the movie yeah it's john john wick neo <laughs> yeah i don't i don't like the way it looks but I, i'm still gonna see the movie regardless I'll my just ready. uh my first pick is the easy choice empire strikes back yeah okay wait the next choose the next choose the matrix yeah. yeah i did okay got it uh, you got to go with the Empire Strikes Back. It's the uh, one of the first few major blockbusters that we see, where like just uh, it li- in, literally ends on a cliffhanger where the uh, good guys lose, and it gave way to Infinity War and everything that came after it. So, good guys lose, incredible battles. Yeah, it just it. Like I love a new hope for nostalgia, but like if you go back and you watch it, it's it's Empire Strikes Back. Don't stop, don't stop. First of all, a new hope is the greatest Star Wars movie of all time. It's I mean, perfect. it's not, it's not. That's fine. Um, <laughs> second of all, I got the fourth pick, and I'm taking the second greatest sci-fi movie ever made after The Matrix. That is Terminator Two. Judgment God damn it! Day. I thought it was gonna <laughs> ah! fucking. Uh, uh, that movie uh, still you know how much to I, this day. You know it how much I perfect. slander it. You know how much I slander it. You I can't never slander, slander Terminator you 2. You can't slander this film. That's Terminator 2. So Check hard. my tweets. Check my tweets. Because I knew this is has this take. That might. Wait, what's the take? We'll get this take off here. What's the take? No, no, no. I, I'm going to save this take. Oh. <laughs> save this take. Oh, shit. For after. Jesus Christ. You can't yeah, slander this film. This is a perfect <laughs> film. You need to hear this take, but it has it's to. The it best action take. movie of the 21st century. It is, it's it is, it is, it is the best action and sci-fi movie of the 20th century. It is perfect. We'll, we'll, is come, perfect. Back. we'll come back. We'll come back. We, we got to let this man explain himself. With Ooh. with my fifth pick, I'm taking the coolest movie character of all time. I'm taking Back to the Future. Yeah, great concept. 
It literally changed the way that directors made time travel movies. It's great. He meets his parents in the past. How can you not enjoy that? Going back <laughs> to the future. Made a time machine out of DeLorean? <laughs> um, mm, this is tough. This is tough. Because I was going to take Terminator 2. Um, I'm going to go with a recent film just because I think it's it's brilliant. And if you haven't seen it, speaking of Oscar Isaac, I got to go with uh, I got to go with Ex Machina. Oh, good choice. That movie is fucking incredible. If you haven't seen that movie, please, please, please go and watch it. Um, a lot of nothing happens in that movie until it doesn't. So it's it really makes you think like what is consciousness? It really explores those themes in a, in a time where we're really exploring those themes in our own life, like what is artificial intelligence and, and things like that. And I think it was, I think it was brilliantly made highly underrated wild movie, wild movie. Absolutely insane movie. Dex. Uh, I'm going to take one that is uh a little different from kind of what we're looking at here. It's not like a space sci-fi or like these big, you know, kind of themes about artificial intelligence and all that other shit. It kind of touches on some of that. Anyway, I'm taking Jurassic Park. That movie fucking oh, bangs. Yeah. Like they made dinosaurs. Like and you could go see them. And then they ate people. Like that's just a perfect idea <laughs> for a movie. Like you can't you can't come up with a better, like simpler idea for a dope ass blockbuster movie than they brought dinosaurs to life and the dinosaurs started killing people. Like the, just incredible. All these years later, the effects still hold up. The the story, I mean, the story doesn't really matter all that much. No one's here for the story, but like, you know, some of the themes we're about, here for the big lizards on screen. We're here for the big lizards. Some of the like questions about, oh, is this right to play God this way? timeless like we love that it's been in stories since the dawn of time you love to see it but like at the end of the day fucking t-rex is walking around the screen with humans and eating some of them incredible jurassic park it's a great pick uh hussein two picks all right i gotta be uh i gotta be on my game with this because if i don't pick right He's being calculated right now. <laughs> uh, all right. My personal favorite sci-fi film of all time is Arrival. I think it's the most important sci-fi film of the 21st century. I am not going to pick this and it pains mm. me. I'm going to go with E.T. Yeah. Okay. Okay. No. <laughs> I mean, we just bad. Arrival, Arrival is amazing. E.T. is bad. E.T. is not bad. I hate it. Because um, literally it's one of the first real sci-fi blockbusters that like millions on millions getting people in, in the theater kind of put Spielberg, established him as that guy. And... You know, it's like a cultural phenomenon, like 40 years later. So I'm going with E.T. And 
you know, I, I want to go with an anime, but I don't think I can. Mm. I want to go with Akira. I mean, you could. I want to go with Akira, but I can't because I'm going with Children of Men. Damn it! Ah, uh, <laughs> I was gonna go there too. And I'm going with Children of Men because we're literally living in Children of Men right now. True. <laughs> Made almost twenty years ago, and we're practically like we're, the world is almost there, unfortunately. And so That's- it's so prescient. But the performances are brilliant. It has action in it. It has the meaning of life in it. It has personal story. It's just a great film. Unlimitedly rewatchable. Unlimitedly is not a word, but yeah. <laughs> an, an absolute masterclass by uh, oh uh, uh, Inuritu in that movie. Absolute ma- or was it was that Inuritu? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. No, it was Alfonso Cuaron. Sorry. Oh yes, yes, yes. Yeah, who did Gravity also? But like, uh, it, absolute masterclass by that guy with the camera in that movie. It's incredible to look at. Uh, historically, Clive Owen turned down James Bond to do that movie, and I think he made the right choice. I think so as well. Unfortunately, but yes. I mean, for his bank account, no. But like, <laughs> yes, he made a bad decision at the bank, but a good decision at the theater. The cultural will remember him. Dex, I think that movie gets better with time. I think people have started to like, re- I, I, it didn't do well at the box office, but people have really started to, re- to find that movie over the past few years. It became definitely one of those like film nerd, you gotta mm-hmm. see this essential like cinema kind of things. And I'm then like sure regular be- people started liking it. I'm not sure you're gonna be able to beat my top four now. I can, I can actually be like, I can be fun with my fourth pick. I think ET is in your top four. That's probably the 78th best best sci-fi movie of all time. <laughs> right, right, right. If right, that, right. Hmm. I I will say about ET, uh, the scene where they're in quarantine scared the shit out of me when I was a kid. ET is right there with uh like the coneheads. They're in the same tier. Right. Mm. You just hate from outside the club. Many people have compared E.T. to Coneheads. Many people have done this. <laughs> Text third pick. Right, I'm going to go with Inception, a movie we mm. had an episode on already. Go stream our Inception episode. Incredible episode. It was one of our most listened to for a long time. But anyway, yeah, I just love that movie. I love, I mean, Leo put on a master class in that movie. It gave us like Tom Hardy star turn. We got Joseph Gordon-Levitt in there, like cooking. And the concept it was like perfectly executed. It's one of those things that like it's it's complicated, but to the point where just about anybody can watch it and understand it. Like Christopher Nolan does a great job of like breaking it down and explaining it. People will think they don't understand Inception. But they really, really do because, like, it explains it so well. Like, if you talk to somebody about Inception and you're like, "Why didn't you understand about it?" They understand everything about it. They just thought it was confusing. But it's like Christopher Nolan does an incredible job of breaking down like that that concept of dreams within dreams and you know, like originating a thought and things like that. Also, just really fucking cool to look at. Fucking cities are folding on themselves and mm-hmm. like all this other shit, it, like. 
Leo DiCaprio slowly falling into a bathtub, like <laughs> tied to a yeah. chair. It's just like dope to look at. It's a really fun movie. I'll, if I catch it on TV, I'll stop what I'm doing to watch the rest of it, no matter where it is. Like, I, I fucking love Inception. Um, I'm going to go with... Hmm. This is going to be like all 2010 movies, but fuck it. Uh, I, I got to go with Mad Max Fury Road. Oh, fuck. That was on my list. Mad Max Fury Road is better than all of the previous Mad Max films. Oh, yeah. That's not whatever. Even a <laughs> it's not even a close. I tried to go back and watch like watch Mad Max 2, which is every, the one everybody loves. I've seen Mad Max. Like I enjoyed the first one. I enjoyed it. But like watching the second one when they start getting into like the the sort of wasteland sort of stuff and then you watch mad max for road where they just do it better yeah <laughs> let me give me that one and that one's incredible just a this is that hour and a half long chase scene like it's awesome it's great the, f- the first time i watched that it was on like a little like shitty like a tv you could afford in a college apartment, one of those situations with like 12 people in a small living room, like trying to oh. watch this movie or whatever that 30, I've never seen before. 30 inches on 720p. Yeah, with like 15 people like talking over this movie while it's happening. So I was, I watched it the first time and I was like, I, I didn't get the hype. And then I actually like watched it on like a good TV by myself with no one talking to me. And I was like, holy shit, like this is amazing. What the fuck was I thinking? Still can't believe Marcus Brent, multiple time guest, does not like that movie. Oh my god! Uh, One of my best friends in the world literally doesn't like this a perfect film. It's crazy. Yeah, saw that movie on a date, and I was and uh, she didn't get it. So yeah, <laughs> she wasn't the one. No. Yeah. <laughs> now my Shout wife, to- my wife went and saw Dune with me. So yeah, here we are. Yeah. Shout out to Anga Taylor Joy and Furiosa. Very hyped about this. Whenever they made that movie, seven Turn years. Turn that now. up. Turn that up. All right, Teach, final two picks for you. All right. Y'all left some meat on the bone. First of all, with my third pick, I'm taking Minority Report. Just an amazing concept. Ah, man. Tom Cruise is amazing. I love Minority Report. I'm a Minority Report truther. Every time I, every time I watch it, I'm like, this film should have been more well-received. I love it. It took me three days to watch that movie. <laughs> we are living that. in Minority Report. That Minority, Minority Report is going to come true. You could have it's you going to come true. You could have Minority Report. I'll let you have that. Yeah. <laughs> and with my last pick, y'all know the hill that I'm always dying on. I am picking The Force Awakens. It is incredible. I will never forget the feeling I felt when I walked out of that movie theater and I said, holy fucking shit, they're going to do it. They're going to create a a new trilogy that's going oh, to be brother. better than the previous trilogy. I was very wrong oh, about that oh, prediction. Brother, okay? and they we all know didn't. what happened. They shit all over it. But when I walked out of that movie theater, you couldn't tell me anything. They so I very much like, did not do I that. I felt like I had magic in my fingers. I said, holy fucking shit. They're about to make a new Star Wars trilogy that fucking bangs for three movies. They've never done that before. It's going to be great. And then they shit all over it. But I had <sighs> so much hope. I was so hopeful. I was so happy. That movie makes me. You had a new happy. hope, to be honest. I had a new hope, and I know that it's just. Uh, I know that it's just a new hope, over again. It I is. This, it care. is. It is a it remake of a new awesome. hope. I don't care. That was the greatest remake of all oh, time. I, I loved be it so much. From the shackles of J.J. Abrams, please. 
I not was even so... the best Disney Star Wars movie. What are we they doing? Broke, they broke my fucking heart. I, that was the, the worst pump fake of all time, putting a lightsaber in a black man's hands like that. There really was. It, I, we got to see a black man actually have a lightsaber. You couldn't tell me anything after that film. I said, this is going to be the greatest film trilogy of all time. They did us They so fucking dirty. ruined it. They did us so wrong. They did him dirty, too. And he's talked about it. John Boyega's talked about it, too, which I love because he's made a, also a great sci-fi film in Attack the Block. And he he, he was just basically like, Fuck that. that. That sucked. Like, I was supposed to be, like, one of the main characters, and then they were just like, no. The Force Awakens is the third best Disney Star Wars movie. And boys. When they, when she pulled out her lightsaber in that force when she was fighting Adam Driver, I literally could have fainted. I, I could have fainted. I that will say. That was the coolest thing I've ever seen in a movie. Before. It is a, it is a, it is a, a New Hope remake, like, like, beat for beat, literally. But there is the the teaser trailer for that, which has like a billion views because a Star Wars movie hadn't come out since 2006 yep. where they go, can you feel it? And it like the the Millennium Falcon comes up and does like a like a somersault or a loop de loop and like flies over the desert and like the TIE fighters go. Whoa! Like I showed that to my dad who grew up with Star Wars and he got like he got like goosebumps like I was like. I got goosebumps from that shit. That 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 trailer was all time. I will say that. Also, it gave us Adam Driver. So, like, you know, all's fair. Like, we good. We love it. Um, he should fumble the brick by picking Force Awakens for he did. Anyway, he did. He did. I had to do it. I am obsessed with that film. I'm gonna watch it tonight. That shit is incredible. Okay, this isn't the most thought provoking or best. Uh, best sci-fi film that has come out recently uh, it is the most entertaining and uh, that is avatar no i'm kidding don't uh, <laughs> stream an avatar episode of the movie yeah. fucking stinks that movie is ass it has always been ass james cameron fooled us pulled the wool over our eyes in in 2009 or whenever that movie came out that movie stinks anyway uh highway robbery by that guy um it is uh edge of tomorrow or live die repeat oh that's a great film yeah tom cruise love tom i was gonna go with that (laughs) live die repeat edge of tomorrow wildly entertaining it is so entertaining it's crazy something else actually you could pick something else no no it's fine um I'll, I'll take that one. But it, it really didn't do justice at the box office. Like that movie should have made more money. And I'm surprised it didn't after. But I just don't think people got the concept when they were when they were putting it out there. They didn't do a good job of marketing the movie or something. At all. <laughs> yeah. And, and it still made like $300 million. But like it didn't make like Tom Cruise level money. You know what I mean? So it, it just... Emily Blunt's great in that. I, I just think it's, I think Emily it's Blunt's great in everything. Oh, I think it's so entertaining, man. It's so wildly entertaining. Um, and that's basically off the back of Tom Cruise and Emily Blunt. But the concept is like, hey, let's just keep having them keep doing it. But the filmmaking, I think it's Chris McCory actually did that movie who's done, uh, who has done other um, Mission Impossible movies. And I think he's going to do, wait, did he do, the Mission Impossible movies. Chris McCoy did do the 
Mission Impossible movies, but it, the guy who made Live, Die, Repeat or Edge of Tomorrow is going to do a, the movie with Tom Cruise in space. Doug Lyman. Doug Lyman did this movie and he's going to do the one with uh, with Tom Cruise in a in a in when Tom Cruise goes yeah. to the moon. Like when Tom Cruise life. goes to the moon, yeah, in real life. <laughs> he's doing that movie. But Chris McQuarrie also wrote um, Edge of Tomorrow and they're making a new one, which I don't know how they're going to do it, but I'm interested to see. Yeah, Fast and Furious, they went to orbit first, but Tom Cruise is going to be the US and go to the moon first. Like it's it just is what it is. Yep. All right, so for my pick, I'm going to go ahead and take just a movie that's just near and dear to my heart. I don't know why I love this trilogy so much, but like I I just fucking do. I have it on box set. I'm taking Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. Yes. The second one. Yes. <laughs> the second one in that that's trilogy. Oh, that shit is just so fucking good. Like they shouldn't be able to tell this emotional of a story with like a bunch of monkeys who like don't actually really speak that much. Like it just is so fucking good. And like Caesar's Caesar story, like throughout the whole trilogy, Caesar story is incredible, but especially in the second one where he is like actually the king of this like ape planet and like has a challenge to his throne basically and like fucking rises back to flex on these bitches like it's just it's so good and never all the for, action scenes are incredible never forget there was a push for andy circus um to win an academy award for that for that motion capture role honestly should have though <laughs> while we're here yeah i thought i mean he's the goat at that smeagol and yeah. uh yeah and caesar he's a goat Go to oh, yeah. the motion capture stuff. So. That movie is incredible. I'll I'm gonna have to watch it tomorrow now. Like that, I'm thinking about it again because I have the the Blu-ray box set. I it's I, also I it it's also more like it's also more action packed than than War of the Planet of the Apes, which I think it makes it more wildly entertaining. I think that War of the Planet of the Apes, where War of the Planet of the Apes is like really dealing like with the extinction of the human race and stuff like that. And yeah. all these heady themes. This is just like a big, dumb sci-fi like action sort of, but it, but also with great themes where like Gary Oldman's trying to lead this group of people. You know, it, it just I it's a great post-apocalyptic sci-fi film, really. True. All right, the same. Take us home. Final pick. Well, I'm trying to decide between, like I said, my favorite film, sci-fi film, which I think is the most important sci-fi film of the 21st century based on his themes, Arrival. But you know what? For... He's going to pick Dune. I <laughs> know it's coming. I feel build, it coming. You know, to build up my, my hot take, uh, I'm going to actually have to go with and stand 10 toes down on the greatest Terminator film of all time, Terminator. Oh brother <laughs> and the reason i'm picking it is because it is the most logically consistent entertaining and well constructed terminator film all this right is ridiculous let us this round is ridiculous the, his final pick is terminator but let's round this into his hot take you said that terminator 2 is not did you say it's not good or not the best terminator what's terminator your take 2 is the worst action sequel of all time. Whoa! What the fuck just happened? What? It's worse correctly. than The Matrix 2? It's worse than the, the second Matrix film? correctly. 
Now, don't let, don't let the flashy bullets and the explosions and the truck going down the ravine and the, the, the metal, like the melted metal guy fool you. Don't, so you're saying don't, all... be, don't be fooled by the cool shit in this movie? Don't be <laughs> fooled by the fact that you really like this movie. <laughs> James Cameron screwed up the entire universe by making the Terminator a good guy. And he was forced to do it because Arnold Schwarzenegger refused to come back to the franchise unless he was a good guy. That's true. In doing so, he ruined up the entire logic of time travel that was, that was created in the original film. We got to go back to get Sarah. Now, now we got to go back to get Sarah's son for some reason, because he's the actual leader. And yeah, we don't John care Connor about. is the Ospark. Is the Ospark. But, but we're sending back not the Terminator that we sent back the first time. Actually, somehow he becomes rewired to be good by John Connor to protect himself or something like that. And we don't care about the mom anymore. Like, like the movie didn't have to happen. I mean, and so cool, when bro. they made it happen, <laughs> but it's dope. It's just like <laughs> let's just do some explosions and shit and chase them around. But we're not going to explain why we're doing any of this. It ruins like all of the logic that was built up in the original Terminator. Like it, it ruins the original Terminator, which was actually the superior film. Again, I say Terminator 2 is the worst sequel because it ruins this, this movie ridiculous. that it was built on. Again, I say so. Be damned with the logic. <laughs> they made an entertaining movie that was a, a banger. I don't care about the logic. I will say that like everything you're saying makes complete and total sense. sense i and understand so? you are right but like it was dope though like so <laughs> it still the be series like... started as a horror series and then it turns into some explosion fantasy land where like nobody can get injured <laughs> mm. i i gotta say that you like you did a better job of explaining this hot take than i thought you would but like, but who Terminator cares? Still fire. <laughs> <laughs> yes, like, man, it's still incredibly fun. All right, yeah, he goes back in time and he steals some some people's clothes and and right, he embarrasses some people and 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 he he protects like he's a good guy now. Okay, yay! But the the series is supposed to be a horror series. It's supposed to be like Alien. Skynet being the Alien big became a good. became a shoot 'em up franchise too. And we hate all Which the sequels. Was bad. Too. <laughs> yes, but all those sequels are not good. Terminator 2 is really fun. Aliens, aliens is good sequels too. Are not good. Aliens uh, is okay, good too. Okay, aliens right. is good, but it's not as good as Aliens. Also, don't just add an S to the title of a movie to make it a sequel. That's objectively yeah, that's bad. Really, yeah, really that's really bad. bad. <laughs> Terminators. <laughs> Actually, your points make a lot of sense, but also, like, no. Um, <laughs> I hear you. You're making complete sense, but also I reject your opinion. Yeah, um, reject. <laughs> bro, if the sequel to Dune is just called Dunes, 
I'm out. <laughs> I'm out. I'm out on dunes. Uh, it right, could so be my fun. top four. My top four. Yeah. Uh, Alien. Yeah. Um. You had e. Alien, E.T., Children of Men, and uh, Terminator. Goaded. Ain't no top E.T. and Terminator are B-level movies. <laughs> you lost the draft. Big L. We could tweet this out and see who, because uh, I think we could get some harsh opinions on this. I think everyone I'm would ready. say, like, I'm ready I think everyone would say, like, you didn't include a movie before, like, 1975, but, like, whatever. Fuck them. <laughs> Fuck them. That's doesn't draft the, 2001 A Space Odyssey. Oh my God, bro. Like, y'all know movies. That movie like, stinks. <laughs> yeah, I'm a film guy, but I don't care about that. That movie's I fucking boring. Hate, so I'm, I'm going to tell, tell you my extras that I really wanted to have in my top four, but I just couldn't. Do it. I know this was going to be put to a vote on Twitter and people not really into film like that. They're not at, they're not at that level. Mm. It's like a certain level of intelligence. <laughs> now, I'm not disparaging anyone's, you know, it, it's about, this is about taste, right? Who cares about taste? Like what better taste, whatever. Akira, I wanted to have, but I know not that many people have probably even watched it, right? I wanted to have Arrival in there, but for some people, they might even not consider that to be a sci-fi film because it's too emotional and you don't really see, not much happens, right? Mm. I think it's great because I love movies, but I know that not too many people even watch that film. So I didn't put it in there. It probably would be number one for me, but I didn't put it in there. Uh, there's one more that I wanted to put in there. Let me see which one was it. Dune. Oh, Blade Runner 2049. <laughs> yeah. I'm just bored by that movie, man. It's just my favorite, it's just my, my favorite director. And I think how he does sci-fi is just like, completely different to a lot of a lot of directors how they approach sci-fis that's just me but yeah if i was to put those in my list i know my list wouldn't be anywhere near the other lists so i mean you I probably you probably could have taken a rival over et and gotten some <laughs> for doing that uh one omission that i want to address because i think this movie is actually trash and y'all are wrong and bad for liking it interstellar not good Yes. Wow. Objectively yeah. trash film. Dex wow. is right. That <laughs> is not entertaining. Good. It's not good. Dex is right. Wow. <laughs> I'm not going to have this argument. You know what? We're going to have to. You know what? Next episode, Interstellar. Fuck you. <laughs> I'm not watching that film again. <laughs> yeah, you are. We're doing next episode, <laughs> Interstellar. See, this is what happens when you listen to Drake. <laughs> I recognize the importance of love. That Fuck. is the entire concept of the film. Is Murph, Murph, I'm in the bookshelf, Murph. Murph. <laughs> Let me go home, Murph. The entire concept of the film is about the importance of love and how that connects people. Oh, uh, it's peak McConaughey. It's peak McConaughey's, man. He flew it, literally clued too close to the sun with that movie. I will say that. It stinks. That, Not true. That rotation scene with the aircraft is one of the most powerful scenes that... That, have, that has happened in a sci-fi film in this Absolute century. snooze fest. Snoozer. Matt Damon showed up, and that was the only time I was like, oh! <laughs> we did get a surprise Matt Damon in that, I will say. Every All right. other time, snoozer. Let's, 
Let's wrap this up. All right. This has been a one take podcast. You can follow us at one take pod, one take pod on all uh, accounts. You can go follow us at one take podcast on YouTube. Uh, saying where can they find you on Twitter and elsewhere? Uh, you can find me at, at the Hussein on Twitter. Uh, I'm not anywhere else, anywhere else. Delete Facebook. I don't have Facebook or meta, meta. or meta, whatever or it's called. Else. Um, I don't have IG. I'm not that pretty, but you, you can still find me on Twitter. <laughs> at the hussein uh go follow him he has a super viral tweet pinned right now good lord that did thing did numbers just looking at it numbers. Uh, yeah but uh you can go follow him there go follow us at one take pot on all accounts you can uh go find us at uh apollo hou apollo media on twitter you can go to our website apollo hou.com get 10 percent off using on any merchandise including a one take pod shirt using the promo code one take pod that is the promo code o-n-e-t-a-k-e-p-o-d one take pod dex what are we doing hashtag support florence pew at all times in all areas i saw people claim, claiming she's an industry plant and i need y'all to recognize greatness all right she's not an industry plant marcus brent answer for your sins and don't deserve answer marcus i can't believe you would slander our queen i can't believe you would do that i can't be- like she's the chosen one it is what it is everybody can see it and has seen it her entire career like so yeah she gets rolled she deserves it she kills them don't question the code terminated to the trash timothy chalamet is an industry plant oh, we're out <laughs>